MC Hammer, Lil Kim, DMX, Bow Wow, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, Wyclef John, Young Buck, Coolio, only to name a few, all have something in common. What is it? Well, all these are fa- all these people are famous hip hop artists who, at one point in their careers, generated millions upon millions for themselves and the music industry, but now have nothing to show for it. So yes, you guess right, they're broke, and in some cases are in heavy debt to banks or to their record labels. Before I shine a full light on this, let me provide a quick backstory to hip hop's beginning and where we are with it today. Hip-hop was born out of oppression of the inner-city youth in the 60s and 70s and provided people with an outlet to express their grievances through the art forms of poetry, dance and music. This art form was the CNN of the ghetto and people relied upon it for news, upliftment and consciousness. Fast forward almost 20 years and you see the fabrics of hip-hop change. Instead of being something which elevated the listener with spiritual nourishment, it now morphed into something which entrapped the listener into a prison of materialism, where the artist we revered so much was now predominantly speaking of money, cash and hoes, leaving a heavy impression on the listener's internal value system, alongside expectation on what a hip-hop artist should both look like and talk about. This has led artists feeling pressured to abandon their artistic integrity and quote-unquote sell their soul in order to fit into the archetype of of the modern-day rapper. This has encouraged them to flash cash and showcase of sensible symbols of wealth in the forms of lavish cars and homes, alongside boasting a sexual appetite which is borderline obsessive and disparaging to women. And these values sadly have reared the generation which, which has grown up under it. It's unfortunate that instead of boasting about a property portfolio which is sending value over time, they boast about their long collection of automobiles which values plummets by almost 30% the moment it rolls off the lot. Instead of talking about investments in business and the stock market, which again, ascends in value over time, they want to talk about customised jewellery jewelry from Jacob the jeweller. Instead of talking about life insurance, which can give you a massive payout to your family in the event anything were to happen to you, they instead want to talk about the bodies in which they've collected. This is sad and speaks to art no longer being a form of expression, but solely as a tool for monetization, as they're solely fulfilling the demands of a marketplace which demands the art they listen to to be centered around the degradation of a society as a whole. And this is characterized perfectly by Jay-Z in the line when he says, I dumb down for my audience to double my dollars. They criticize me for it, yet they are yell holla. I know, I know, I know. I've painted a pretty bleak picture of um, rappers and their contribution to society but please be mindful that i'm a massive hip-hop head right so i know the, that there's a full spectrum to where it's not just geared towards negativity but there's also um, a conscious um aspect hip-hop alongside um you know artists out there really pushing a positive message but i thought i'd you know focus on the worst part of it to really kind of drive um the the point home but the truth be but the truth the truth is is that these artists would probably end up being broke whether they were financially reckless or not. You see, the music industry has a very, very long history of leeching and ripping off artists, and no one has experienced this more than black artists themselves throughout the course of history. The music industry gets its money predominantly from two sources. The first source is through the record sales of the artists, 
and the second source is through something known as publishing. For those that know, publishing is essentially a backlog of all the music you own the rights to, old and new, and you get a royalty paid every single time it's played in a commercial endeavour. So this can be on the radio, in film, on a commercial, even down to DJs in the club. And whilst record sales for your average artist spikes and falls very quickly within the period they get in heavy promotion, publishing on the other hand is long money and is where the true profit is made when it comes to artists. Simply because, in the case of publishing, you can get paid 10, 20, 30, 40 years after a song is made without having to hit the the recording studio again to make new music. Just look at Mariah Carey. Every Christmas she is guaranteed at least $1 million from her song All I Want From Christmas Is You due to the heavy rotation it gets in the month of December. And this is just from one artist and from one song. So imagine now the the profit potential from owning the publishing rights across thousands of artists and across thousands of their songs. And it's clear to see why the music industry is designed to keep the average artist dependent, broke and barely able to scrape by. Let me explain. The music industry is by and large a platform which gives artists instant exposure to audiences around the world. These record companies leverage the long-standing relationships they hold with TV, radio, magazines to fully promote the projects of their artists. Not only do they provide this feature, but they also provide something known as an advance, which is essentially a loan from the record label to the artist in order to cover their recording sessions, marketing, music videos, you name it. And an artist doesn't get a red cent of any money from any record sales until the record label recoup all the money from that initial loan. So if your record doesn't sell or doesn't sell enough, then you're technically in debt to your label. And on those grounds, they are not obligated to give you any kind of payout until your debt has been satisfied. So what does this have to do with publishing? Well, when you combine poor general money management on behalf of the artists alongside the debt, that they rent to their label, which can sometimes run into the millions, record labels attempt to buy artists from their publishing to resolve the debt, usually for pennies on the dollar, and in some cases for nothing at all. So you may be thinking, fair dues. If the artist is in debt to the label, then the label has every right to do this. Okay, that's fine. But when you have labels intentionally sabotaging the promotion of an artist's project, with the sole purpose of bankrupting them, then you can see how this can get quite heinous. And to give an example, we need to look no further than the king of pop, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson is unquestionably the most iconic, talented and engrossing artist to walk the earth in recent history. And at the height of his stardom, wanted to expand his musical empire and did so by buying the publishing to many prominent artists from a private holder in Australia. And in doing so, was able to own the rights to artists such as Lionel Richie, Louis Armstrong, but more notably, the Beatles and Elvis Presley, the two poster childs of rock and roll. So every time their records got played, Michael Jackson got paid. And needless to say, this made a lot of executives in the industry unhappy, as Michael Jackson has some of the most valuable publishing in music history. The industry wasn't used to being played like this, especially by an artist, an artist who just so happened to be black. This was cruel karma for an industry that systematically exploited black artists and taking hold of their publishing, writing credits, singing credits, to the point artists had no equity in the song, which meant that even though they could hear their voice on the radio, someone else was getting paid and not them. 
someone who most likely had no contribution to the composition of the song, but simply knew how the game was played, exploiting the artist at all costs. MJ was raised up in the music industry from a child, and he saw many of his musical heroes become financially destitute by either poor money management or just by being simply ripped off. And as a way to give back, those black musicians whose publishing fell under his purchase from the private holder in Australia, he gave them back full rights to their music. One of these artists just so happened to be Lionel Richie. And at this time, one of the biggest publishing holders in the world was Sony, and they desperately wanted a stake in Michael Jackson's publishing catalogue. And through that desperation, MJ was able to pull off one of the most unprecedented feats in musical history. Because Sony wanted it so much, MJ negotiated to have a 50% stake in Sony's publishing company on the condition that he absolve full ownership of the rights to Elvis and the Beatles. And a part of this agreement, MJ would release his next few projects through Sony. One of these projects was the album Invincible, and Sony gave Michael Jackson a $30 million budget to produce this album. Upon release, with, antici- with anticipation for this album being sky high, this album went number one in every single country except one, America. And this contributed to, uh, to MJ's album sales being lower than projected. And now, MJ fell into the debt trap like so many of his predecessors before him, as the album failed to recoup the initial investment. Many people, including MJ, felt they that Sony intentionally botched the marketing of the project to have MJ fall under their debt. And as a way to settle the difference, Sony proposed MJ to relinquish his 50% stake in their publishing house in order to resolve the debt. MJ refused and instead looked to go on a worldwide tour all year round to generate the money to pay off the debt. But sadly, MJ passed away under very suspicious circumstances before he could fulfil even one tour date. But MJ wasn't the first to campaign for black artists to own their art. The first one was a man by the name of Sam Cooke. He was one of the biggest artists at at his time too and used his fame and notoriety to encourage black artists to own the rights to their music. Sadly, shortly after campaigning for this, he, he too was found murdered in a downtown hotel, with the details of his murder still unclear to this very day. In the year 2020, we still have the heavy exploitation of, of artists down to this very day. Artists are now signing 360 deals, which now gives record labels the mandate to eat into the profits derived from their merchandising and concert tours. Two areas record labels historically would never touch. Reason being, because streaming services have now come and have eaten into the prof- into the profits which would have once come from record sales. And because of this, record labels are now looking for where they can make up for the deficit. And considering that through touring was really the only way most artists could make any money, this area which was once immune is now for grabs. As an artist, it is important to understand what you are. And that's a commodity. You're a product which is exported and consumed by an audience which buys into your energy, your musical energy. Musical energy which has proven to be, for black people, our natural resource. And if you're an artist who produces the art, then it's for you to have a trustworthy team around you who protects your finances, your business interests and your brand equity. One of the reasons Jay-Z has been so successful is because he identified this very early on. When he gave free promotion to fashion houses like Iceberg by mentioning them in their songs. But 
are refused free clothes upon request by the same company, Jay-Z and his business partners, Dame and Biggs, decided to build and promote their own clothing brand, Rockaware, which they would then go on to sell for over $30 million. You see, your job is to create art that lasts so that it continuously pays alongside maximizing your income potential through other business avenues as you grow out your fan base. Even though I'm not a musical artist, I dedicate an episode to this topic because music is a natural resource that has naturally emanated from people of African descent. But ironically, we are the ones who profit the least from this feat. We have been the forebearers of many musical genres, blues, soul, jazz, rock, R&B, hip-hop, reggae and even country. Yet, there are people like Elvis and Eminem as a face of something which neither they or their community had any hand in the formation of. We need to take responsibility for ourselves and our art and ensure that we get our just due from our endeavours. I know there'll be those of you who are artists listening to this, so please take heed of this message and make sure you go out into the industry with the odds stacks in your favour. Well, that concludes this um, episode of Be More. Um, as always, I'd like to, to thank you for, for tuning in and supporting this podcast. You know, it means a lot. Um... As you know, um, BMOs really is very much centered around generational wealth, um, increasing income streams um, through passive income and so on and so forth. So um, please, please, please make sure that you download um, the free ebook um, in the description um, where it outlines 40 plus ways you can start making um, passive income. Um, again, that's in the description. Um, if there's any problems in downloading that, then you can um, go onto my Instagram page where you'll find um, the link um, in my bio and you can find my Instagram at bmore.co. So B-M-O-O-R dot co. So yeah, I'm going to leave it there. Um, again, thanks and um, see you. See you next week. Cool. Peace.